And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right, covering down on some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gaston Parts, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Um, well, I, I, listen, we're going to switch gears. Got to. All right, so we, we just spent the first, I don't know what, hour of the show, really, talking about this prison release situation. And I, I can tell right now that uh, the uh, text lines went bananas, so I need to go back. And, and uh, JT from Lacey Springs says, we're looking at jackassery. That was <laughs> jackassery. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, Raven from Russellville says, early release means we need plenty of armed citizens. Just saying. Okay, there's that. Uh, Tyler Huntsville says, everyone was sharing quotes. Figured I'd share one, too. That was the quote. <laughs> uh, that's what he was saying. I get it. You just don't want to quote out there that he liked. I got it. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate you. Um, Penny from Athens says, Phil, as if we don't have enough problems, now they're releasing prisoners early. I voted for Anaya's law. Uh, Meemaw Ivy, oh, she's talking about Governor Ivy. You better get out of her comfy chair and stop this. Um, so, yeah, we got uh, we, we got nothing from the governor's office on this. That's uh, That's one take from Penny from Athens. Um, uh, we got a, a new texter on the line, Robert from Athens. He says, uh, Phil, my take on this legislation is a response to prison overcrowding and the citizens of Alabama are bearing the brunt of the new legislation. Remember the Fed said, fix this or we'll take over the Alabama prison system. I'm sure the governor's handlers will say something placating the public. Your age question is spot on. That's from yesterday, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Um, Mike from Mel from Huntsville. I'm sorry, Mel from Huntsville says you haven't mentioned cacistocracy in a few. <laughs> cacistocracy. Cacistocracy. You know what, Boomer? We need to have a, a sound effect where someone just in the background yells cacistocracy. That's cacistocracy. I know. <laughs> cacistocracy. If you're not familiar with that word, K-A-K-I-S-T-R-O-C-R-A-C-Y. Cacistocracy is literally a word in the English language that means a government run by the least qualified or competent of its citizens. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. And speaking of which, the uh, State of the Union address is tonight. Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, TL from Huntsville says, well, if they were already having inadequate staffing numbers in prison, uh, they just shot themselves in the foot again. Who would want to walk into that mess they've made for themselves? Well, um, there's that. Ronnie from, is that say Detroit, Alabama? Ronnie from Detroit, Alabama. We have a Detroit, Alabama? We have a Detroit, I Alabama. I did not know this. It's new on the text line. Ronnie, we're glad to have you from Detroit, Alabama. Where is Detroit, well, Alabama? Let's look. we got to look that up. i got to know where this is. Um, Dustin out yonder, Alabama. <laughs> He's <from> out yonder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and Dustin's comment. Okay, let me see what this says. He says... Um, He's Dustin from out yonder, Alabama. He says, I was an inmate in ADOC for three and a half years for a nonviolent drug offense. I went in a young, scared drug addict that needed treatment. I left a hardened man with even worse drug habit due to the violence I was forced to take part in. Nonviolent offenders have no place in state prison. Oh. And, and Dustin, uh, great comments. And, I, and I'm praying that your life is now uh, on a different path. Um, uh, anybody can have a second chance. And I'm, I'm believing that for you. That being said... Um, yeah, nonviolent prisoners, uh, different categories, some of the ones we're talking about. Um, and uh, what did you find, Detroit, Alabama? Detroit, Alabama. It is up like the northwest corner, side? like near Hamilton. Oh, yeah? Yep. Over that way? Near Hamilton. Detroit, Alabama. I Detroit, no Alabama. I didn't know you were there. Look, look it up and see what the population of Detroit, Alabama All right. is. We used to do this thing on, uh, there's a show that used to be on Boomer probably way before your time called Hee Haw. Did you ever see Hee Haw on Saturdays? I don't think I did. Every once in a while, they pick a small town somewhere and they go, 
Hee-haw salutes the town of Detroit, Alabama, population 72. Yee-haw. That would, you know, so anyway, John from Huntsville says, I have a theory. They're letting out these criminals so they can fill all these jobs that are being created, but nobody's taking them. <laughs> That's John. John being cynical. And uh, Raven from Russell just texted in and says, Detroit, Alabama is over there between Hamilton and Guin. Yeah, there we go. There it is. That's it. All right. Um, did you find a population? Population 227. No kidding. Well, that's what this says. I was waiting for 227, but it doesn't have any numbers after it. No, it's 227, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, like... Uh, I thought it, I was wrong at first, and I kept looking. I mean, I had a number of little small-town favorites in my district, uh, but like one of them was Altoona, population 972, I believe, back then. Um, and then the smallest town in my district was the town of Ridgeville, and Ridgeville is literally off the side of the road somewhere going up the mountain towards Sardis, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> off, off the off, off side of the off road. That, off the side of the road. Off the side of the road going up the mountain towards Sardis. And um, somewhere like on the, on, the, on, the, on the ledge, on the ridge of Sand Mountain, Ridgeville. And the uh, mayor won the mayoral election in Ridgeville by a vote of 19 to 12. That's how small Ridgeville is. All right. So... Um, all right, listen, we're going to go into number two of the Triple Dipper now that we've opined about small-town Alabama. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, oh, by the way, Dustin from out yonder just texted back in. It says, four years sober, sober and gainfully employed since nine days after he got released. Good mm, on you, Dustin. Way to go. Good on you. Give me the applause for that one. Oh, yes, Outstanding. absolutely. Outstanding. There you go, sir. All right. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. All right, um, <laughs> number two in the Triple Dipper. Have to do this once in a while as I resource the show. I begin to see things, sort of a amalgam of things, if you will, a, uh, a buffet of wokeness. <laughs> I begin to notice that there are any number of samplings, a, 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 a cornucopia, if you will, of woke fest going on all around us. And then I find myself thinking, I veritably have a charcuterie of wokeness, a, a plethora, and it's time for Adventures in Woke World. Adventures in Woke World. <laughs> All right, first story out the gate. You'll be happy to know that the uh, Rhode Island uh, Democrat women's group uh, now has a man leading the group. Why would this be? And oh, by the way, he's 75 years old, which I did not picture. Boomer, do you? I mean, whoa, 75 year old, 75 year old transgender. I just that one caught me off guard. That. Yeah, a little bit. So a 75 year old man, according to Breitbart, story came out yesterday. A 75 year old man who identifies as a woman recently won an election to become chair of the Rhode Island Democrat Women's Caucus. Okay. The Reverend Donnie Anderson. So I don't know if Donnie is meant to be his, his dude name or his dudette name. But anyway, the Reverend Donnie Anderson. He's a reverend, by the way. Whoa. So I'm, I'm finding myself going, hmm, okay, 75 years old, hmm, identifies as a woman, hmm, mm. and he's a reverend, hmm. <laughs> the Reverend Donnie Anderson won an uncontested race. Oh, it was uncontested. Okay. An uncontested race to become the leader of the Democrat women's group despite not being a woman. Anderson, who currently works as a pastor at the Pilgrim United, Methodist, Pilgrim United Church of Christ, I'm sorry, in New Bedford, Massachusetts, has now outlined the group's priorities for the year, one of which is to fight for gender ideology in schools and his opposition to the movement for parental rights. <laughs> There's a... God. No. You can't make this crap up. Um one political writer and strategist, Natasha Chart, uh, talking about the situation, said, It's always sad 
when yet another women's group is pressured into letting a transvestite take over senior leadership out of fear that they'll be called bigots for not pretending that he's a woman. Um, it went on to say, too, this is a good point, takes a lot of nerve to be a 75-year-old grandfather campaigning to sterilize young children on the basis of unsubstantiated uh, threats to their lives. It's just unreal. But she also points out, she goes, where are the adults? She goes, I'm kind of disappointed here. I would have thought that at that age group, they'd have been saying, no, you're not, sonny boy. You're not playing that game with us. But they didn't. Um, apparently, they got cowed into indifference, and they allowed the dude who claims he's a dudette to become the head of the Democrat Women's Caucus in Rhode Island. Non-contested. That's what gets yeah, me. Yeah, ain't nobody running. Like, come on. What, and, and you look at that and go, was it because they were scared or they couldn't find anybody else? Or both. Yeah, or both. Or like, oh, it's okay. We don't care. Oh. <sighs> yeah. Okay, yeah, we both have the heavy side at the same time. Next story, Adventures in Woke World. Disney cuts the Simpsons episode that mentions forced labor camps in China. Why would this be? Maybe because they're worried about their profits. Senator Ben Sass blasted uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger in October 2019 for, for having said in 2019 he was going to maintain you know, quiet in the face of you know, um, what was going on in China. Senator Ben Sass says, selling your soul to save your profits is going to be a heck of a plot line for Frozen 2. So there's about a million Uyghurs in Chinese communist prisons who aren't going to be visiting the Magic Kingdom anytime soon. So Disney... Literally had an episode of a cartoon, apparently, called One Angry Lisa. I've never heard. Oh, it's a Simpsons story. I'm sorry. It was a Simpsons episode called One Angry Lisa. And it aired in October 2022, but it had a place in there where someone was shouting about the wonders of China, including Bitcoin mines and forced labor camps where children make smartphones. And they decided to cut that. They cut it because they didn't want to offend the Chinese government. The same Chinese government, by the way, that just flew a spy balloon across the United States. Exactly. Just saying. I mean, for the love. Anyway, Disney, ever intent upon being woke, won't interfere with government. Oh, unless it's here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Because then they're all over the idea of, you know, don't pass a bill in Florida they don't like. There's that one. All right, Boomer, I got to ask you. Okay, I'm ready. Do you have any relatives left in Oregon? Oh, I do. Bless their hearts. I know. Bless right. their hearts. But I, I suspect they're the goodens. They're the goodens. They're yes. the goodens. <laughs> um, so, have you seen? Story came out on Fox uh, yesterday, February sixth. There are now eleven Oregon counties that have voted to secede from the state of Oregon to join Idaho. Eleven. Eleven. This is like getting, wow. This has become a movement. So, if y'all aren't familiar, it's actually called the Greater Idaho Movement, to be honest. Uh, but, but Jim, the Greater Idaho Movement has been gaining constituent support around this. They've actually had county after county now that have gone to the polls and voted to leave the state of Oregon because they don't feel like the eastern side of the state is literally considered to be very conservative. I served in, I served mm -hmm. in Iraq with a, a group of guys from Oregon, and they said the same thing. They said, man, go east of the Cascades. It's like you're in Alabama. Oh, yeah. But west, on the, on the, on the, the coastal side, Right. It's a whole nother world, brother. It is. It so, is. I need to I need to ask them about that. Yeah. I want to get some first first hand, you know. And, and so do your folks live on the east or the west side of the state? Uh, they they live on the west. Do they really? Yes. All right. So maybe they just don't know about it. Maybe <laughs> so, they're keeping it under wraps. <laughs> they haven't told them yet. Well, I mean, it, it, by the way, it can't just happen. It can't just like, we voted, we're done, we're out of here. It doesn't work that way. Idaho state leaders, it says, 
have actually, but Idaho, Idaho state leaders Idaho. have motioned for formal discussions about the proposal, but, but they can't just do it. And even if they wanted to, and both states agreed, um, they have to be uh, approved by Congress to change the geographic boundaries of an entire state. But the Oregon, they wouldn't agree. Probably like, not, because it's a huge loss. That's a to them. huge loss. I mean, granted, it's they're they're less populated. <laughs> they're more conservative. They don't align with the politics of the state because all the politics are run by the major metropolitan areas on the on the west side. But right. still, could you imagine if that went through the history making moment? Oh yeah, we're just we're just changing the we're seceding. Yeah, we're seceding, yeah. and we're gonna just change this line real quick. And it looks oh, Siri didn't agree with me. Siri's. <laughs> Is that your watch that yelling watch at you? Talking, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, they say that one of the things that's happening is that the the left leaning wokeness going on in um, in the state capital has implemented a a tax on businesses that's crushing the souls of businesses left and right. They say that their tax oh. before they can pay their employees, before they pay the cost of their goods or anything else, they get taxed on their gross income, not their net, and it's killing businesses and and oh. and people just want out. They just, they just want to go to Idaho. I just want, they just to, want to go over there. Can we just go to Idaho, please? Be part of the potato state. Can we do that? <laughs> um, is that way? Idaho the potato? Yes. Idaho, yeah, yes. Idaho is. Exactly. All right. Take me to a break, brother. We'll do that. We'll come right back. I got more Adventures in Woke World stuff. Stuff you just, you just need to know. Before you go into the State of the Union speech tonight and hear that everything's good and ain't no problems anywhere, I got some stuff, man. We'll talk about it. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Adventures in Woke World. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right making it cool to be a conservative so we're in uh, adventures in woke world that's a segment we're in right now and um and and listen <laughs> there's some stuff in here some of it i look at and go come on how do you even how do you even go down that road and keep a straight face well i i saw a video yesterday in fact, I almost grabbed it, but it was one of those things that was just so irritating. I didn't know that I could even play it on the air. But a, a little cartoon, a little little presentation of the 1619 Project and how important it is to recognize that the nation was built on the backs of slavery, that the only reason why we're here today, the only reason why this nation is great is because of slavery. Now, I am not excusing slavery, but y'all, we cannot go down the road of history and say that the only thing that made this country great is slavery. That is absolutely an, that's an abomination of history when you do that. It is, there's no way in the world you can possibly express that and keep a straight face. But they do. They try. Well, here's another piece, though. Disney, again, Disney, Disney Plus. Disney Plus has a little cartoon. National Review reports on this as of yesterday. Uh, the latest from the social justice crusade disguised as children's cartoons is a spoken word stage performance. And the Daily Wire reports on it that it basically um, wants the world to know that Lincoln did not set the slaves free. Here, here's, here's, let me just do this. The Daily Wire reports that the scene is from a recent episode of this cartoon uh, called Proud Family Louder and Prouder. 
And it reviews, quote, here's a quote, quote, reviews the history of Juneteenth when the kids discovered that their town's founder was a slave owner. And the characters in the cartoon then, of course, launch into a sweeping indictment of America, a systemically prejudiced racism infilled and white supremacist America that was founded with and still is not atoned for, quote, plantation owners, northern bankers, New England ship owners, the founding fathers and current senators among those who had profited on the backs of slaves. The Daily Wire notes further, pictures of Black Lives Matter protests are in the cartoon, repeated demands for reparations, the debunked Michael Brown, Michael Brown hands up, don't shoot mantra. Uh, it's all in there. And, and then they start making bizarre references to the Illuminati, the New World Order, and the idea that Lincoln didn't free the slaves because only we can free ourselves and emancipation is not freedom. I mean, you look at this and go, for the love, this is, this is, this is coming from a position of I hate America, so let me tear it down. And that's being put on Disney Plus. So I got news. <laughs> that's not something that I, I want to ever see any kids that I love watching. And I would hope that y'all feel the same way. I mean, you look at this and go, at what point do you not feel some shame for rewriting history? Because the idea that you're going to talk about, talk about trying to deny history, but then also at the same time, denying anything good that might co-opt your message. Well, Lincoln was a Republican. He freed the slaves. Lincoln didn't really free anybody. You can't, you can't be freed by another person. You only free yourself. Emancipation is not freedom. So he ended slavery, but that wasn't enough. It was the first step in everything that had to go forward. Listen, this is, this is Adventures in Woke World. Play me that, play me that uh, Adventures in Woke World again. Adventures. In woke world. Because every day is an adventure. Let me just tell you, here's the other thing I've got. Daily Caller, separate story. Daily Caller, here's what will fund electric vehicle charging stations that you won't use. <laughs> so right now we're being pushed to electric vehicles, right? This article points out things that I hadn't even thought of, and I thought I'd been thinking this thing for a while. It points out things like the fact, okay, charging at home is the usual course, but that people want to take road trips, they got to be able to charge up, right? And then you get it. What's that, what's that phrase, Boomer, that we had for a while? Um, uh, was it dis- range anxiety? Range anxiety. Range anxiety. Yes, range yes. anxiety is a new thing because range anxiety is when you're just not sure you can make it far enough on your charge. Well, you signed up for it. Here's the deal. It points out the fact that there are a number of travel centers, like, uh, like the, the, the big truck stops, uh, Travel Centers of America, uh, Pilot, Loves. They're putting in chargers now, and it's a, you know, it's a private sector gig. Some of those are probably being subsidized, but nonetheless, like, like Travel Centers of America says they're putting 1,000 of these EV charging stations in over 200 locations in the next five years. There's going to be like 160,000 charging stations. But it points out, but the business case for a public charging is very poor. Now, while it may work where you, and, and it's, it, by the way, it's not a perfect solution, but it may work where you pull in and charge your, your car at the Love's truck stop, right? But then what about public charging? Is that really a deal? Listen, folks, I got some numbers here. We're going to come right back and I'm going to tell you, what does it cost and how long does it take a best case scenario to charge your vehicle on a road trip? And is it even something we can put in? And who pays for it? And then what happens when you, I don't know, live at a multi-unit housing like an apartment building? How do you handle this? It's something. Y'all stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back. 
You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national covering down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Um, hey, Boomer, I just wonder, are you and the family getting some popcorn to watch State of the Union tonight? Oh, man, let me tell you. I got the popcorn laid out. <laughs> I got my bed ready because I'm probably going to fall asleep or I'll just be really angry. Nah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could sit through it. See, this is one of those things where it's hard for me because it's kind of my gig to know what's said. Right. <laughs> but I have no desire to watch it. Uh, I mean... Well, you know you're going to have a whole segment on it tomorrow. Probably. 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 And then Grand Council will have to talk about it. <laughs> Adventures and, in Kakastocracy. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and Jeff Poor will probably have it like memorized by the time <laughs> he gets here. Cause he's like and Dell probably he's wouldn't have listened to it. No, Dell will probably watch it and throw things at his TV while he does it. Um, but I don't know, man. I, so, okay, we'll see. State of the Union is tonight. That's going to be so interesting awesome. because, you know, I, I'll be honest. If Biden gets out there and attempts to portray the world as being ought than it is, I mean, don't tell us, don't tell us for a second that we're not paying $10 for a dozen eggs. Because we are. Because we are. Yeah. We see it, so don't tell us we're not. <laughs> don't tell us that gas is not still above $3 a gallon in Alabama alone, much less California, because mm-hmm. it is. Don't tell us that the cost of, you know, uh, the, or the value of a dollar is better now than it was, because it ain't. <laughs> and and then, you know, don't tell us the southern border is secure. Boy, God, if he says that. Oh, my goodness. If he says the southern border is secure, I, I'm, I may be the one throwing something at the TV. Just saying. All right. Here's what I also but Mechan is going to talk. Somewhere in there, there's going to be green energy. What do you bet? Oh, absolutely. Somewhere. Here's the thing. I got this story from the Daily Caller. I sort of kicked it off at the beginning or the end of the last hour. How are we in the third hour already? How's that possible? I don't know. I just realized it was the start of the third hour just now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's 4.06 p.m., ah. 4.09. <laughs> anyway, um, but it, this this article points out, uh, we're, we're doing Adventures in Woke World, all right, and, and wokeness, part of that is the Green New Deal, and here we are looking at we're being pushed to electric vehicles. If you want to own an EV, good on you. Go for it. Yeah. It's kind of like the vaccination. If you want to get the vaccine, good on you. Just don't mandate it. Well, don't be mandating electric vehicles because some of us may want to drive. I got family in Michigan. I may want to drive to Michigan to see them, and I don't want range anxiety. Thank you very much. (laughs) But so charging stations are going in around the nation. Big doings. Charging stations. Private sector getting on board, putting in their charging stations at major truck stops and other installations. But what about public charging stations? Should we be funding that? Is that, is that a thing? We don't have public gas stations? It says, But this article says the business case for public charging services is poor. Because most charging is done at home, public charger utilization rates then are low, and fast DC chargers that are needed for public charge points are expensive. Most studies find that charging stations cannot pay for themselves over a 10-year period. Wow. So what's happening there, I guarantee you, some of those folks that are putting charging stations in their private sector, their places like Love's and Pilot and all that, 
they're banking on the idea that while you're having to sit there for a half an hour to get a quick charge, that oh. you're going to go inside and buy some food. You're going to go inside and, you know, and, um, and, and pick up some other merchandise, and they're going to make their money back. It's kind of like a movie theater. Movie theaters don't make their money on the movie. They make their money at the concession stand, truthfully. That's what they're banking on, I guarantee you, right here. But here's the deal. The article says, let's compare a traditional gas pump to a fast DC charger. A gas station fuel pump costs about 20000 and it can service a customer in less than six minutes. A 50-kilowatt fast DC charger costs about 100000 and it can serve an EV customer in about 30 minutes. Ooh. And the pump can serve five times as many customers for one-fifth of the capital cost of a high-speed charger. So, so they're going to push us to this EV mode. Everybody, it's all, it's the way to go. We're going to all be EV. And then when you go on a trip, what are you, you going to pull up and there's going to be like 900? <laughs> how, many, how many charging stations are they going to have at Bucky's? I'm just wondering. Right, right. Uh, is Bucky's going on this train? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? They bring up a point here, though. I'd never thought of this. Charging, it says, is problematic for residents of multi-unit. I hadn't thought of this. Oh. What do you do if you live in an apartment building? You don't have your own garage to put your charger in. Or your own parking spot, usually. Or your own parking spot. So if you have to charge, where are you, where are you putting this charge? And oh, by the way, it says there's also a problem with the fact that these, these charging stations, thieves pirate them for copper wire all the time. And so if you come outside in the morning, you live in an apartment, you pay good rent to be there, you've got your EV because you're a good little green policy person, and you've got your EV now, and you live in an apartment, and they were good enough to put in your charging stations for you. And you come out the next morning, and someone's stolen the copper wire out of it. How do you get to work? I'm just saying. Ooh. I mean, that's a – This whole Ooh. thing's a mess. Um, anyway, that's and who wants to wait half an hour just to get no. fueled up again? I mean, so you so if, if, we, if we took our 12-hour drive to see family in Michigan, right, you can imagine that we're going to stop for gas several times along the way. So we do. We've got it kind of mapped out. We know where it is. And so we know we're going to stop at least twice just for gas in route. Um, but it's still a 12-hour drive. We can, we can gut it out. You know, we can, we can say, we're, we're just going to gas up and keep moving. You know, but me, I like to stretch my legs once in a while. But nonetheless, 12 hours. If you're having to do these EVs every 300 miles, you're looking at probably having to stop at least three or four times to charge up and add upwards of an hour to two hours to your trip just to stay charged along the way. Well, yeah, and then doesn't the mileage go down the more you pile in a car, the more the weight? I would imagine. So I mean, it does with a gas vehicle. Exactly. Yeah, you're towing a trailer. Good luck. But, all right. Man. Okay. It, it, are, are they paying for the, the recharge? Who? The consumer? I would think so. That's okay. the other piece. That's, they, that's what I was wondering. How are they, they charge for this? I how do they know. charge for it? I, that's a that's a curious question. I'm interested. In All that. right. Next one I got in Adventures in Woke World. So, headline here on Fox News dated two days ago: As woke curriculum increases, classical education booms. So this is I find this to be interesting. So as we're looking at things like woke education and curriculum being questionable, and is critical race theory in my schools is what's happening on college campuses. Well, there are some classical education uh, opportunities like Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College literally had a 53% increase in applications uh, in 2022. 53% more applications wanting to come to a place where people could trust 
literally trust that the education was going to actually be an education. It says, the story of American higher ed really for the past half century has been a story of one college after another trashing any kind of a serious core curriculum. And, and, and it goes on to say that, like, even in un, un, State University of New York, all new students to take courses had to, relate, had to have coursework in social justice and diversity and equity and inclusion. Um, this, is, this is a problem. And if you want a classical education, you got to know where you're going. And, and places like Hillsdale College are seeing massive increases in applications. That's, that's just cool. We'll see. I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope Hillsdale and the few others like them can maintain that status of a classical, conservative-based Accurate education because it's it's needed. We're gonna need them more than ever. I got a caller on the line, bud. We do. Oh, is that Jeff? Jeff from Indiana. What are you doing, man? I'm getting ready to cross into Kentucky, man. <laughs> oh man, you made some time today. Yeah, I'm moving right along today. Well, so I almost feel like. Uh, what, so what's on your mind? Well, well, you you keep talking about these electric cars and everything, and don't have no way to charge them. I didn't gave you the answer a long time ago. We need to. You know, you you need to be the, uh, I guess the uh, right side radio might be a, a, like a Shark Tank or whatever. You know, I've I've got an invention here that you need to invest into. What little Voltagra? Yeah. The little blue generator. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take you down the road. It'll get you to Michigan if you need to, man. <laughs> Does it? Is it come prescription only in a, in a plain brown wrapper and mailed to your house? Well, yeah, it could be, but uh, <laughs> you, you know, you know, it's, it sounds funny, but uh, for these EV cars and everything, uh, they might have to take a, a Reese's hitch or whatever, and and design a generator that's able to put out the DC um, uh, to what these cars need to to uh, charge, and uh, you know, hey. What's it going to take to What's it going to take to get? Uh, I mean, you're you're a long haul driver. What's it going to take to get your truck uh, electrified? And then how how often would you have to stop and charge that thing on your route? Uh, let's see. To get me electrified and everything, it's going to cost uh, probably going to cost the nation basically. Yeah. Because it ain't going to happen. <laughs> you're going to you're going to. We've already screwed up enough things. Let's don't screw up anything else. <laughs> oh, this 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 saga continues to unfold, man. I tell you what, it's just it's unbelievable. Um, all right, brother. Hey, appreciate your call, Jeff. We got to head to a break right now, man. Have a good one. Have Phil. a good one, buddy. All right, take us to a break, Boomer. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back. I'm not done with this. I got more. I got a stack of wokeisms. Oh my gosh, and I got one too that just really bothers me. Um, like, why is our government? conducting hormone transgender treatments on kids. I'll tell you about it. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just 
Plain right. Um, Boomer, what was that text you had a moment ago? That uh, Oh. <laughs> Who was that? It was when we were talking about um, electric vehicles. Uh, yeah. It was Ben from Decatur sent in a meme, and it was he said, you know, 90% of all electric vehicles are still on the road today. The other 10% made it all the way home. <laughs> 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 it made me laugh, and it's like a little cat driving. That's a hilarious. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Oh, uh, we got some first-time textures on the line there too. Boom! I see yep. some at the very top up there. So um, we'll see who they are here in just one second. Um, so, so I got a, I got some more woke stories, and and then you know I'm gonna be honest with you. Sometimes I look at these woke stories and I roll my eyes. Sometimes I laugh. Sometimes I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And every once in a while, though, there's one that just kind of makes me angry and even sad at the same time. And that's this one. Um, I'm not going to kid you. This is a serious story. As I dated yesterday from Red State. Headline. You ready for this? Headline. National Institutes of Health. That's your state. That's your taxpayer-funded National Institute of Health. Used hormones on trans-identifying youth during a study, and two of them committed suicide. Should not be happening on the taxpayer dime. Should not. It says the National Institutes of Health funded a new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine in which researchers studied the impact of using experimental hormones on children exhibiting symptoms of gender dysphoria. The study, published on January 19th, followed transgender identifying youth over two years using hormone treatments. It examined 315 people between the ages of 12 and 20. 12 and 20 each one identifying as either transgender or non-binary. One of the objectives was a study that determined the impact of hormonal treatments on the mental health of young people. Regrettably, two of the young research subjects ended up taking their own lives later on. Um, mm, 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 mm. The interesting piece here, though, aside from that, the, the deep sadness and in the, in the, in the loss of those two kids, says the article is littered with gender euphemisms, dense technical medical language, which provides these gender ideologue doctors with a seemingly sophisticated cover as if we don't know what they're doing, which the article says is conducting heinous medical experiments on children. At what point does society say, stop it? Y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, we, we have laws to protect kids on the books right now, and yet this happens. We have laws to protect kids from abuse, we have laws to protect kids from the sexual predators out there who, who want kids. We have laws that say that statutory rape is what it is. because It's statutory because a child is considered to be um, incapable of consenting to sexual relations with an adult, so therefore we put it in there that the age matters. We won't let them drink till they reach a certain age. They can't join the military till a certain age. They can't drive till they're a certain age. They can't vote till a certain age. But we can experiment on them with these transgender therapies even to the extent that two of them commit suicide, and then write a study about it, which it says, um, it literally says on page 4, 245 of the study, these two tragic suicides are casually documented, reduced to mere, quote, adverse events. These were young people who were being experimented on and died by suicide, and all they can say is just, oops. It goes on to say, too, that the study, this is only the first part of the study. The researchers are going to be reporting back more data at a later time, and they came in with a skewed view. They came in with these, the view that they were going to, um, uh, under the hypothesis that patients treated with gender-affirming hormones will exhibit decreased symptoms of anxiety and depression. And it says that there's going to be additional studies coming under this funding. It says, indeed, according to a document uncovered by a FOIA request, 
The National Institutes of Health will be funding the study through January of 2026 and providing over $10.6 million to the study. Mm. That's just, that's woke world, but that just feels like the end of the world, if you ask me. And, and it certainly, apparently it was for a couple of kids, at least, at least a couple, at least a couple. Um, shouldn't be that way. Should, should not be that way. Uh, lastly, I, uh, last couple of things I'll say here. Number one, does anybody watch the Grammys anymore? Anybody? Does anybody? I don't know anybody that watches the Grammys. Boomer, did you watch the Grammys last night? I did not watch it last night, but I heard about it. Yeah, how could you not? I mean, oh. so this was the most, I mean, this, there, there was no, it was, it was intended to be a satanic ritual. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, that looks creepy. No. It wasn't like, well, I think there's some illusion going on. No. It was intended. It's a extremely gross, just awful individual, a guy named Sam Smith. I guess got a Grammy who apparently I never heard of this guy, but he does all kinds of BDSM, you know, sexual content. And he has a new single called unholy. And so what did he do? He casting in red light and wearing horns. He got up there and had ritualistic dances around him with, and according to the article here from red state, says the shock value is wearing off on all this stuff. His performance had all the cliches, red lights, pyrotechnics, BDSM, twerking, half naked people, devilish imagery. And then he goes on to say, though, that that's the Grammy Awards. And that's why people won't watch this crap anymore. Because it's not art. It's not edgy. It's not art. Mm -mm. It's literally like saying, we're mocking your faith. Woke, woke world does not even see itself anymore. The very idea that it's okay for you to just mock our faith by doing this. Now, granted, you're allowed your freedom of speech. But why this is called art, I don't know. I guarantee you someone somewhere is helping fund this, and they're like, this is cool. And oh, by the way, the interesting piece at the end of that segment, it went to break. Guess who the sponsor was? Pfizer! Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Someone, someone like posted about that. Yeah. In fact, Ted Cruz posted about that and said apparently Pfizer's taking the whole truth and advertising thing pretty literally. Hmm. Meaning that Pfizer is of the devil is what he was trying to say. Yeah. All right, I got some other stories that were a little lighter in nature, but I'm not even going to get to them. We're going to switch gears when we get back and go to Balloon Magic, number three on the Triple Dipper, and talk about what may be happening or not happening in the State of the Union tonight. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. 